all you need in life is someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Let It Out, the podcast hosted by me, Katie Dalebout, author of the book by the same name, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, which is available now on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, or wherever you shop for books. And on this podcast, I talk to the most inspiring, fascinating, interesting, cool, awesome people, and I invite them to let it all out on the show, get really vulnerable and real and honest and share everything from how they got to where they are, to where they're going, to where they are presently, and really get into the specifics of what their life is like. Because to be completely honest in a very selfish way, it inspires me to have these conversations. And I love recording them because then I can share it with all of you guys and have a conversation that's bigger than just me and the guest. So on this week's episode, we have Gala Darling, who is, as many of you know, a very famous blogger and fashionista and author and just a really all-around very, very cool person. I got to meet Gala last summer when we were both at Kripalu together, and then we had a conversation a couple months ago, as you'll hear in this episode, it was recorded when it was still cold outside, but I just re-listened to it myself, and I love this episode. We talked about so many different things, very tangential conversation. We chatted about dating and relationships. We chatted about body image and style and fashion and blogging and our relationships to ourself. Radical self-care is what she is all about. We also talked about boundaries and our parents and just so many great topics. So I know you're really going to enjoy this conversation. I want to get right to that. And I think that I will. I just want to give you a heads up that Gala was actually working from a coffee shop when we recorded this conversation. So it's really cool. You get to hear the hustle and bustle of New York City in the background. So it was recorded live from her place in New York City and my place here in Detroit. And the sound quality should be pretty good. There was a moment about 15 minutes in where we disconnected on Skype and then you'll hear us come back and we're chatting a little bit about working in coffee shops. So I'll let you know when that's happening. But yeah, you should be able to hear it all just fine. There's just some really cool ambiance in the background that is a little bit different from most shows. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. And the only thing I want to say is thank you so much for everyone who came out to the live podcast we recorded in Toronto last weekend. And thank you to everyone I got to meet in all the different cities that I went to on my book tour. I went to Chicago, Columbus, Ohio, New York City, Los Angeles, California, of course, here in Detroit, 
it was just such an amazing treat to be able to meet people who listen to the podcast and have read my book. So thank you so much. If you haven't checked out the book yet, go check it out. I'm really proud of it. I really like it. And I'm really excited for the whole new group of guests coming onto the podcast and just the different topics I'm talking about. And I'm, I'm just really excited about the direction everything's going. If you haven't joined the Listener Facebook Squad on Facebook, please join it. It's a great way to connect with each other, with me, with our guests. So that's what you should do about that. And tweet at me on, on Twitter. I'm, I'm really loving Twitter lately. So I'm just at Katie Dalebutt on there. I'm also on Instagram and Snapchat. What's going on with Instagram stories? What do you guys think? I keep doing it sort of and then also doing Snapchat and it's just a lot of social media happening right now. So I'd love to know your thoughts and feedback on that. And if you have any questions for me, if you have any questions for Gala, tweet at us both. We will answer them. She's so amazing, and I know that she will get to your questions, so feel free to tweet at her and I. And I will just catch you guys at the end of this episode to let you know who's coming up on the show next week, and I'll talk to you then. All right, I love you guys so much. Thanks for listening. Here's my conversation with Gala Darling. Welcome back, everyone. I'm super excited that we have author and teacher and speaker Gala Darling in the Wellness Wonderland. Her site focuses on radical self-love and helped, she helps millions of people around the world focusing on themselves and self-care and self-love. And she is born in New Zealand, but now she's lived in New York City for many, many years and came there with a suitcase when she was 24 years old. And as you can hear right now, she's at a cafe in Soho talking to us today. So thanks for hanging out with me, Gala. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. So let's dive in with how you started teaching radical self-love and how you define that. So, I mean, radical self-love is different for everybody, but I personally think it's about doing what you can to feel good every day. And that's going to change from day to day, week to week, and person to person. So what makes me feel good today, it might be yoga. And what made me feel good yesterday might have been taking a bath or having that difficult conversation with someone. Um, So it really differs from person to person. But in my experience, um, you know, radical self-love, I started teaching it because I had a history. I was basically on the totally opposite side of that, which I like to call radical self-loathing where um, I was suffering from depression and eating disorder. I didn't like who I was, and I was really, just really unhappy about my life. It just didn't feel good. And I learned how to switch those feelings, and my life started to transform. And it was so important to me that I, I mean, it's like my passion is to teach other women this stuff, because I think life can be so beautiful, and it's such a waste when you're living in, you know, self-hatred, or you're feel bad every time you look in the mirror or you just don't have the confidence to go after those things that you really really want in your life so it's extremely important to me to teach that to other women Mm, I love that so one area I really like the fact that it's different day to day I that's like Mm -hmm. my favorite part of the, the definition so one area for me that is particularly challenging and has been the most challenging area for me in my life and and kind of how I came to this work is 
finding self-love and unconditional self-love for our bodies. And Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to find self-love when we're looking the way that we want to look. You know, maybe that's through Mm -hmm. behaviors that aren't actually very loving at all. But when we look a certain way, it's easy to to love the body. But why is Mm -hmm. self-love important regardless of how the body looks? And how can we cultivate unconditional self-love for our bodies? You know, I don't think anybody experiences unconditional self-love for their body. I think that's an extremely tall order. And I think if that's what you're going for, then you're always going to come up short and you're always going to feel bad about yourself. So I think it's important to have just a very accepting point of view and and being able to be open to the fact that the levels of self-love that you have are going to change from day to day. You don't want to set yourself up for this unrealistic expectation where every day you're going to wake up and think, I'm so hot, I feel so good about myself. Because I don't, I don't personally think that's realistic. And I think it's important to just be really gentle with ourselves when it comes to this kind of work. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of it is, I mean, I struggle with that as well. You, you know, I have days where I'm like, you know, I ate too much sugar and I don't feel good about my body and I don't feel that good about myself. And, you know, I've been working on this stuff very actively for the past decade. Um, So it's really a constant work in progress. And even if you like the way your body looks, for example, there may be ways in which your body, you feel it's letting you down where maybe you're working too much and your neck is stiff or you are sick or you, you know, are dealing with some kind of illness. Like there are lots of ways in which our bodies can... Um, feel like they're giving us various challenges and I I think the real key is just to accept those things with grace as much as we can and still be loving and accepting of ourselves because you know if you you are thinking like oh I can't you know I don't fully love myself unless I love everything about myself all the time I mean that's pretty hard to deal with that's that's a very tall order Mm -hmm. yeah no I completely agree so with staying on that vein of, of body image and like I said, you know, it's been my biggest struggle and something we talk about on this show a lot. Um, yeah. Have, I know that I think I've read with you, you struggle with that as well. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about your story around that and how your relationship to food has become and your body and exercise has become more loving and, and what that's like mm-hmm. for you? Sure. So, um, like I said, you know, I came from the background of having an eating disorder. Um, That was something I dealt with for about five years. Um, And that was extremely hard. You know, I was really not eating a lot. I was very upset when I looked in the mirror. Um, I was obsessed about my weight. And this was back when, uh, do you remember when Mary-Kate Olsen was wearing a lot of really big clothing? Oh, sure do. (laughs) And, like, looking really hungry. That was, like, the height of my eating disorder. And she was, like, my thin inspiration. And I was working in a Lush Cosmetics. Oh, man. (laughs) I was working in a Lush Cosmetics store. And the girls that worked there would buy tabloids every week. And so we would get, like, you know, Us Weekly or whatever. And it would all be like, who's dying today? And, and you know, you'd look at those photos and I will, I would look at those photos and yep. think like, why don't I look like that? Yeah. Well, I don't look like that because I'm not five foot tall. Right. And I'm it's built not... completely differently. Yeah, and no matter what thing. I did, right. Like no matter what I did, I was never going to look like that. But because I was comparing myself to her, yeah. I felt like I was always going to come up short. So um, the real turning point for me was discovering EFT 
um, which I use to basically dismantle my eating disorder overnight, which is a fact that still stuns me to this day. Like I can't kind of believe that. That, I started using tapping to deal with various elements of my body image. If I was having a day where like I didn't like my thighs, I would tap on that. Um, and that has been extremely powerful for me. And tapping is still the number one thing that I recommend to people who are dealing with an eating disorder because it's such a big issue and it can feel really overwhelming to people. And we're also told like it's a life sentence. You're going to have this forever. You know, it has a really high mortality rate, blah, blah, blah. And none of that shit is helpful. Like nobody needs to hear that stuff. Right. So, um, EFT has been really instrumental for me. And then beyond that, um, you know, going to the gym and working out as a way of like increasing my strength and discovering what my body is capable of rather than going to the gym to be like, I want to get thin, um, has been really amazing for me too. So, um, discovering what my body is really capable of has really helped transform my view of my body rather than thinking of it as like, this is just about what it looks like. It's like, how does my body feel? How strong is my body? Like, can I run three blocks in high heels um <laughs> you know like all of those kinds of things which are much more important than just how you look yeah. well to me at least yeah no i love all of that can we go back to eft for a quick second yeah so mm -hmm. i i love tapping as well i don't do it regularly one of my first episodes i had on jessica ortner who's like the tapping queen awesome. but i would i would love to know how you specifically used tapping with the eating disorder and do you still use it in your life now i do still use tapping but not as um aggressively as i did so back when i discovered it and um, i discovered it through my boyfriend who was very into like all alternative healing um and i would use it like every day on like basically every kind of internal resistance that came up i would just tap on it and i did that for like a year so I tapped through a lot of stuff, and I really feel like that has laid a new foundation for what my barometer of happiness is and kind of my, it just kind of reset a lot of my attitudes about things, um, and so that was really instrumental for me. But um, the way that I used EFT for my eating disorder, and this is slightly unconventional, um, I my boyfriend and I took like MDMA, and... And I used that to get really close to my true feelings and emotions about how I felt about my body. And I then went into the bathroom, took off all my clothes, looked at myself in the mirror, and tapped about my body. And that's the day that it cleared overnight. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's, it's weird. Like, I would never normally encourage the use of recreational drugs, but in my experience, that helped me to get past kind of like the top few layers of kind of superficial yeah. shit. And it helped me get really deep really quickly. So yeah. like I said, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but that works for me. So yeah, that's yeah. really fascinating. I've, I've owned a lot of, um, in one podcast in particular that I listened to, um, they were talking about how, you know, using, in the, in the 60s, they would use LSD. A lot of spiritual teachers would use LSD and talk about it um, as these ways of having spiritual experiences or taking mushrooms. And I think it's all right. about the intention you go into something with. And that's I really the, the crucial part of it. So that's fascinating. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. 
So, no, totally. And I, I think that those things can really help you to access a different part of your personality or yeah. your, you know, human experience than you would be able to get to naturally. Um, and so I think that those things can be really powerful and really useful when they're used with a positive intention and when you're knowledgeable about what you're doing. Right, right. So with tapping, did you feel like you learned it from your boyfriend? Did you feel like if you were talking right now to someone who's never tried tapping before, um, do you feel like it's really something that I struggle with? I think as a perfectionist is like, am I doing this right? Like, did I, right. I, I know the points, like I understand what I'm doing with it. And for people listening, if you're unfamiliar with tapping, I'll put the show note in the show notes, the episode with Jessica Orner and you can learn all about what it is. But I would like to know from you, Gala, like how did you, you know, when you're saying this, the negative statements and then shifting to the positive right. statements, how did you, Right. know that you were doing it, you know, in quotes, right, I guess. Um, it's one of those things where you don't necessarily know that you're doing it right. It's something that you just have to persist with. Um, and, yeah, that can be hard for someone with perfectionistic tendencies. Um, I kind of see it, this just occurred to me, I kind of see it as like when you are, like, on your way to orgasm. So it feels good, but you don't necessarily know that it's going to lead anywhere. Um, it's kind of experimental. You just kind of keep going and try different things. You try a different tactic, um, and you just kind of keep going. Hopefully, so I would kind of view it from that experimental viewpoint. Like there's really no right or wrong when it comes to EFT, because um, you will get there eventually. But you do have to be persistent with it, and it can take some time to kind of feel comfortable with it, get into your groove. Um, and feel the shifts start to take place. But in my experience, like whenever I started yawning or my eyes would tear or um, I would like, you know, something kind of like, a, I would get like physical symptoms quite a lot when I felt like things were starting to shift. And that was always a really good indicator for me that I was on the right track. But really the thing you want to focus on is like saying the truest thing you can say. So don't censor yourself I think it can be really helpful to like freestyle you know just just kind of go rogue and say what comes to your mind and often if you take off that feeling of like am I doing it right whatever your mind will take you exactly the way you need to go but you need to release that feeling of like am I doing it right or oh why am I starting to talk about this or why is this coming up this doesn't really feel relevant um, sometimes those little diversions and the odds that you take will end up being the crux of the issue. So just releasing that expectation um, and persisting is really important. Mm, I love that. I really love what you said, saying the truest thing you can say. I think doing any work, if you're not getting really real with yourself and you're being true and honest, then it's really pointless. And Right, and even in intimate relationships, you need to be able to say the truest thing you can say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of us hedge our bets or, or we are trying to like, you know, like not hurt somebody's feelings or whatever, but, and which isn't to say that you should be brutal or rude, but you need to say what is true for you as much as possible, just in life. Yeah, yeah, and especially if you want to make a change, you know, you can't dance around from the actual issue and 
my work primarily in, in my book, um, I think we have the same publisher. My book's about journaling, and it's the exact same thing with, um, with journaling as it is with EFT, where I talk about this in the book, that you have to get radically honest, and you have to be real right. and say the truest thing, say the thing you can't say in your journaling, or mm -hmm. it's pointless, or it's not going to have the same effect. So I, I really love that. And I was going to ask you about journaling anyway. Is journaling a part of your life? And is I know you're an amazing writer, but do you have a journaling practice as, as part of your life? All right, just a quick little break here. Skype went awry, so we hung up and called right back. And you'll hear a little bit of the beginning of us getting back into our conversation where Gala and I are just talking about how we both love working in coffee shops. Here I am again with Gala. And there's something to being in a coffee shop where it's like you're working like you're in a newsroom i feel like you know where you're you're all like we're getting stuff done and there's energy of like lots of people being productive and you're part of something and yeah i love that mm -hmm. yeah it's like a group feeling to it which is cool yeah especially you know like writers we're so solitary and we're alone all the time so it's nice to kind of feel like you're part of a group occasionally yeah absolutely so, but yeah, in, in terms of like my book and publishing and that kind of thing, it's been a really crazy ride. So I self-published my book last year um, after, you know, a few years of kind of like shopping it around and then reworking the proposal and people being like, we don't really get it. And my agent being like, yeah, I can't really sell this right now. And I decided like radical self-love was important enough that I thought I should just self-publish it. Like I wanted this information in other people's hands. So I self-published using Amazon Print On Demand. Um, the book went to like number one on Amazon Movers and Shakers within like 24 hours. It was like a number one new release. It went crazy. And um, before, even before that happened actually, I emailed my list and I said that I, my proof of my book was coming in the mail and I was so excited. And when I checked my mail chip stats, it said that somebody at Hay House had opened that email 26 times. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then later that day, I got an email from the acquisitions editor. And she was like, we're so excited about your book. We'd love for you to come in and talk to us about becoming a part of the Hay House family, which mm. is like the email that you always dream of receiving, right. you know? And um, I went in for a meeting and they were so positive and enthusiastic and just were like, yeah, how do you want to do it? Like, we'll do whatever you want to do. Oh, so, that's so amazing. Yeah, so I ended up, you know, self-publishing my book and making it only available for a month, and then they picked it up, and now it comes out February 9th, and um, yeah, we've totally gone through it and reworked it and edited it, and it's much tighter now, more cohesive. Um, I'm really proud of the changes that we made to it, and it's just, it's just a really exciting project. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm so excited and, and happy for you. That's Thank amazing. you. Congratulations. Thank you. So going back to, um, I guess, body image a little bit, I want to talk about mm -hmm. fashion and style in relation to that. Because okay. you started off um, as a fashion and style blogger, and mm -hmm. I would love to know, you know, 
talk a little bit about how your style has evolved and why style is still so important to you. And I heard you say once, I don't remember where where I read this, but you said something that really affected me. And I, I don't know if I told you this when I met you in person, but this is like my favorite thing you said, but you, you said that style should show people on the outside who you are on the inside. And I really loved that. So I was hoping you could talk a little bit about that and how having a style that is so innately you and for everyone listening, you to the people listening, can really help you with the body image stuff and perceiving yourself and the self-love. Mm-hmm. Um, that becoming the image of yourself that you hold in your mind, um, transforming into that in your physical body is extremely powerful. Um, I think it's one of the ways that we can really own our lives is to dress and walk and speak in the way that we always dreamed of being. And I think when you really make the effort to dress up or put an outfit together or you put on something that makes you feel really good about yourself that's um like an unbelievably good feeling and you know you only have to think about how different you feel when you're in like sweatpants and no makeup versus when you are wearing like bright pink lipstick and like your hair's blown out you feel like a totally different person and the confidence it gives you enables you to take risks that you might not necessarily have taken in the past it gives you the maybe the bravery to like talk to that person that you are interested in. Um, leave the house. The, yeah, to leave the house, to ask for the things you want, whatever. Um, and so I just think that's really important. Um, you know, my mother, uh, I grew up with my mother owning a clothing boutique and I kind of grew up in the back room. Um, I would leave school and go and sit in the back room of her shop while I like read library books and, you know, pretended to do my homework or whatever. And um, that was really interesting to me because I discovered like you know women would come in not feeling that good about themselves and my mother would say why don't you try wearing blue or you know put like a really beautiful brooch on their shirt and they would would feel so different about themselves Mm -hmm. it was truly a transformative experience for them and it became really clear to me the power of dressing and style and presenting yourself in a way that makes you feel really good which is one of the reasons why I'm not interested in fashion or trends so much for me personal style is the most valuable thing and it's so sexy when you meet someone who knows their style and owns it and doesn't care what's trendy like that is so hot and it's just another way of living in your authentic truth yeah I love that so much do you have any specific advice on to someone who kind of feels lost on creating personal style for themselves mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. where should someone start to keep pinterest. it like organized okay pinterest start on pinterest create a board you can make it private if you want to and start to pin the outfits that you see on other people that you like ideally you want them to kind of have like a similar ish body type to you or whatever just so you can kind of visualize what it might look like on you um, and then those images in one place and maybe go through it like once a week and start to pinpoint like what it is that you like about this outfit or these outfits generally so is it like do you like it because it's flowy and kind of bohemian do you like it because it's structured and monochromatic like what are the elements that tie all of these things together 
and you might find that there are like a couple of very alt like contrasting styles that you like but you can you know distill those down and you can always combine them kind of further down the track you know and I then, love that Mm. And it's great to like get your favorite images, print them out, and then stick them up near your wardrobe or your closet, so that when you're getting dressed, you can be like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna try that idea." Yeah. Um, and make it like a, a fun, sexy, Damn. sensual experience. Like, spend some time in front of your closet, like one night when you have nothing else to do, and just put outfits together. Try stuff on, see what works, and see what doesn't work. Um, most people don't take the time to play with their clothes and when you don't play you're going to get stuck wearing the same thing over and over again because right. you're not going to know what would work the other thing to do is take out outfit photos so even if you, you just set up the timer on your iphone take a photo of your outfit every day before you leave the house it's way more telling than like looking in a mirror which is not necessarily always that realistic and you also then have a record of the stuff that really works. So if it's like Tuesday and you're in a rush, you can look through your photos and be like, I love that outfit. I'm going to do that again. Right. Oh, and, I love that. <laughs> and then as you start to become more comfortable with that, you'll start to realize the patterns. Like you'll start to realize what shapes work for you and what silhouettes you feel best in and all that kind of thing. Like I can tell you exactly what shapes of things I wear um, and what colors I wear. So. You know, I feel like the most well-dressed people don't have a, a closet full of totally disparate things. They stick to like five colors and the same two or three shapes of skirt and the same two or three different types of shirt or whatever. And they know what works for them. And it's just like subtle changes and differences. Um, yeah. And when you have a wardrobe like that, it's kind of cohesive. It's easy to put things together, and you already know that everything is going to work together. Right. And I think for people who have had body image issues, getting dressed can be such a challenging thing. You know, I know for me, mm -hmm. if I have things, you know, that might be older, that don't fit anymore, it's, it's almost, right. I'm almost fearful of some clothes at some times mm -hmm. because I put them on and then I automatically, something that fit before, I feel bad about myself. And so right. knowing that every outfit I have works and works well and fits well is fantastic for decreasing stress and anxiety around mm, that. Totally. Having a better day and, and I love that and I especially loved what you said about um, making the Pinterest especially for people that have your same similar size and mm -hmm. that it kind of goes back to what we were talking about about the Olsen twins because that was exactly me. I wanted to look like an Olsen twin, and that's right. not the body type that I have. And right. um, and it's, I think it's really easy to look at someone's style who doesn't have your body type and want to emulate that, but really purposefully seeking out people who do have a similar body type and shape to you is right. really the only effective way to make this actually a self-loving experience. Right. And I think it looking at a wide variety of like fashion bloggers, for example, can be great for your body image too, because you see that you can look amazing no matter what your size is. Um, you know, you could gain 20 pounds, you could lose 20 pounds and you could still look fantastic. Like there's really no limitations on that. But that's the thing. It's like if every image you're pinning 
if a girl with a thigh gap and she's wearing skinny jeans and over the knee boots and you don't have that body shape or you're an hourglass figure or whatever if you try and put that on it's not gonna look like that and you're gonna feel shitty about yourself so you have to be like just kind of be real about like what that's gonna look like on your body and especially if you're coming from a place of an eating disorder or body image issues we don't have a realistic idea of what we actually look like right and that's one of the ways that taking outfit photos can be helpful I mean it can be confronting but it's also like a good reality check when you're seeing what you really look like in clothing it's information that helps you to make better choices in the future but really a lot of this is just about like being organized but also being playful and having fun with it and all of that kind of thing like you might be at the the stage of like you just want to wear black because you don't want to really deal with your body and that's totally fine but if you do that like wear like a pink headscarf or you know wear some like emerald green shoes or something like make it fun for yourself still gala this is blowing my mind right now This is, like, seriously so helpful for me in particular. Oh, so good. And oh. hopefully everyone listening. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the piece about really not knowing, you know, exactly how your body looks from coming from this place, I really relate to a lot. And even to the point where, like, you know, I might in the morning feel awesome and like look in a certain mirror and feel amazing. And then I'm at a coffee shop around three and I see myself in a window and I like have a weird look and I feel terrible about myself. And then later in the day, I feel worse or better, or whatever. And it's like, I couldn't have fluctuated that much in a day. It's all in my right. mind, but like it doesn't totally. matter. I still can feel terrible about myself. So it just goes to show that, you know, it's it's really about checking yourself and just knowing that it's all kind of an illusion. Right. And also like knowing which mirrors to avoid. Yeah. Like on the street that I live on, there's um like a place that has like an outdoor marquee and the one of the walls of it is very reflective but it's kind of distorted and so whenever I walk up to it it makes me look enormous in the middle and if I look at it it makes me feel terrible so I have a practice of like I don't look in that mirror yeah because it's not a realistic reflection of how I look and I know that if I see that I'm gonna be like oh I look like shit right now yeah so you know you have to know like where to look at yourself like there are a lot of stores with like terrible fluorescent lighting or you know whatever it's like you you don't want to look in the mirror in those places so just don't torture yourself and don't do it yeah a three-way mirror is always jarring like i think yes a three-way mirror in a department store is like should be avoided at all costs like i recently had an experience (laughs) where i was trying things on and i my friend called me after and we were catching up and she was like how are Mm -hmm. you and i was like I was trying things on in a three-way mirror, and then we both were just like, that is never a good situation. She was like, oh. (laughs) And And especially with department store lighting, which is like the most harsh, white, unflattering light. It's just terrible. Yeah, it's never going to be cute. For like the entire day, I was just like feeling (laughs) shitty about myself. And then I was like, oh, all right, I'm just going to not, I'm just going to avoid that. I I recently moved into a new place, and... um, it, it's furnished 
and my my roommate really liked it had a lot of really cool old mirrors and I was like all the mirrors need to go we need to take I just I can't have them I can't handle the mirrors and you know just, just doing things that are you know yourself and you know that like maybe someday maybe in five years in ten years I'll be cool but right now I'm just not in the place where I can really handle it so I think in a lot of ways it's like being in charge of your life and being a mature responsible woman is about knowing what's going to hit your buttons and avoiding it yeah it's yeah. like clicking on the like clickbaity articles that come up in your twitter feed when you know that this is already going to upset you but you click it anyway right just resist the urge it's about having the discipline self-discipline and self-knowledge to like avoid that shit so if for you it's like having mirrors on every surface just don't talk to yourself yeah totally yeah, I love that. This is so good. So like you have to, I feel like you have to honor yourself where you're at. And yeah. in an ideal world, you would be able to walk past every mirror and be like, "You're a fucking babe. This is awesome." But right. we're not all there yet, and that's okay. And so you have to be gentle with yourself and not expect that you're gonna have that all sorted out immediately because you just don't, and that's okay. You'll get there. Yeah, and that's radical self-love is to know that about right. yourself. Right, and it's radical self-acceptance. Yeah. Mm. That can be so much harder than the love part, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is so good. This is such a juicy conversation. I'm loving this. Yay! Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's good. I'm so, I'm so happy. Yeah, no, this is fantastic. So another thing I ask everyone who comes on the show is, what do your mornings look like? Can you tell us the first three things you do when you wake up in the morning and how that affects how the rest of your day goes? Um, my morning routine at the moment is usually my boyfriend wakes me up by saying, like, unbelievably adorable to me. Mm. which is basically the best way to wake up ever. For some reason, he never needs an alarm clock, so he wakes up before the alarm goes off. We said it, obviously, because we're Virgos and we just have to, but mm. he always wakes up before it goes off and will, like, say something adorable to me. Mm. Um, and we snuggle for a little bit, and then, I don't know, I get up and fix breakfast, or I make breakfast, and just kind of get into our day like sometimes we meditate together while we sit up in bed which is awesome like it's mm, my dream yeah um, but it doesn't always happen like he's a personal trainer so often he's up at like five in the morning and i'll be damned if i'm meditating at like five fifteen. that yeah. is not my idea of a good, good time so um yeah so you know we wake up we have break he goes to work or whatever and then i start writing like i really yeah that's really what i do Cool. What kind of meditation do you guys do? I don't know. I think he like visualizes the things that he wants to do. He's a martial artist. He does a lot of fighting. So I think a lot of the time he's focusing on visualizing various moves or sequences and putting them into practice. So he is a very active meditator. Um, my technique is I just sit there and when thoughts come up, I just kind of wave them away and I smile while I meditate. Mm, I love that. Um, really simple, but it works for me. I love that. So, how did you guys meet? We met on Tinder. Oh my gosh, no way, I love it. <laughs> That's so cool, I love it. It's supposed to be a secret, though, so don't tell anyone. Okay, shoot. It's safe with the Wellness Wonderland. <laughs> 
Okay, good. So what do you guys do in the evenings? What are your evening routines on the other end of the day? What are the last few things you do before you go to bed? How do you wind down and relax and shut down after a long day? Um, I take a lot of Epsom salt baths, so like a few a week. Um, and that's also kind of like my ritual space too. So I'm in the tub and I'm by myself and I have candles going. It's really easy for me to like tap into that part of myself where I want to like work through something or whatever. And so a lot of my bath time is almost like prayer, but um, more just like talking to the universe about what's going on in my life, maybe asking for guidance or advice. And sometimes it's just kind of like talking out loud about whatever I'm going through. Um, so I do a lot of that um, in the evenings. And then, I mean, he and I just like to relax. Like we both work really hard. We lie in bed. I have a projector in my bedroom. So we just lie in bed and watch movies um, and like lie close to each other. And yeah, I mean, that's really what we do. It's pretty chill pretty chill mm. I love that I love that you have a projector I want to come over and have a sleepover <laughs> totally you're welcome anytime that sounds so fun <laughs> yeah so I just remember that I wrote in the listener Facebook group that you were coming on the show and we have some listener questions you want to burn through a couple of those yeah okay cool so let's see what people said here so this one comes from Cynthia and she says any advice on how to deal with family members that drain you can't get rid of them but at times they can really bring your energy levels down any thoughts on that one I think one tip is to just limit their um, inclusion in your life so that might mean you don't tell them everything that's going on with you it might mean that the things that are really important to you, you keep to yourself. Um, it might mean that you don't ask them for advice. Um, it might mean that you just don't see them as often or you don't initiate contact with them. Um, I think that's important. You have to really guard your energy. And just because somebody is your family member doesn't have the right to come in and trample all over your life with you know, potentially well-meaning negativity. Um, so, yeah, I think just because somebody's a family member doesn't give them a free pass to behave however they want. So there's that. And there's also, you know, I've said this to my parents a few times, like, I really appreciate your opinion on this, but I'm 32 and I'm doing the best I can. And I would really appreciate it if you could just be supportive and loving and encouraging right now. So good. I feel like I want to write that down on a note card. <laughs> and just have it. And especially with me. because yeah. But especially because your family, like especially your parents, you know, they probably will always see you as like a fifteen year old girl. Yep. No matter exactly. how old you are, how many children you have, how many marriages you've been through, like they're gonna see you as that fifteen year old girl who wouldn't do her dishes and like right. wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. So you know, it can be hard for them to see you as an autonomous adult. Yeah, it's so true. It's so good. So Megan Smith says, Ah, I don't have any questions yet, but I'm so excited for her new book. Lots of exclamation points. And, oh, that's nice. Thank you, Megan. And then Angela says, What do you do when someone you love so much and have been with for years but at the moment are having an extremely hard time connecting with one another? Hmm. Okay. Um, one of the things that helps build relationships is to do new things together. 
So maybe you make a list of like five things each of you wants to do that neither of you have done before and you start picking them and you just go do them. Mm. Um, when you do new things together, it's like gives you an endorphin rush, it bonds you together um, and it helps you re- like why you liked each other in the first place. Yeah. Um, I also find like when you go to dinner with like another couple and maybe your boyfriend or whoever is annoying you but then when you see them next to another couple you're like man you're so cute like you remember why you like them oh that's so So I think that can be useful too Mm -hmm. wow those are great tips free podcast people (laughs) and you just got some really great tips oh thank you amazing Okay, let's go back to my questions. Um, these are some fun, mm-hmm. quick-fire questions um, that I'm going to cool. ask you. So, okay. you're having a dinner party, and you can invite mm-hmm. five people. Mm-hmm. What would you make? Who would you invite? And what do you hope that someone turns and asks you to talk about? And what do you hope that people don't ask you about that you just really don't feel like talking about during a fun time? Oh, man. Five people? Yep. Uh, It'd be such a mess. I would invite like Hunter S. Thompson, Charles Bukowski, um, Diana Vreeland, Marilyn Manson, and like RuPaul. Nice. Those are my five people. And then for dinner, I would just like, I only just started cooking literally like two or three weeks ago. So I would cook like what I know how to cook, like grilled salmon with like rice and vegetables. Nice. Um, but I would hope that the food would be the focus conversation would be the focus yep um what i would hope people would want to ask me about i don't really like answering questions about myself i prefer to just have a discussion so like i would love to discuss like creative process and inspiration and what people were working on now that was challenging and what was like their most satisfying project they'd ever done like i love to know about stuff like that and in terms of things i wouldn't want to talk about like I don't know, politics or, like, war or something. Like, I just don't (laughs) want to go there. Yeah, war is not fun to chat about. (laughs) No, like, I never want to discuss that with anyone, basically. Yeah. Nice. Um, Okay, what is the best advice you've ever gotten, and what is the worst advice you've ever gotten? It's hard to say because I feel like I hear smart little tidbits all the time. My father recently said to me, um, all you need in life is someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. Ooh, that is good. I love that. And I was like, damn, Jonathan, like, that's impressive. Um, Yeah. I love that. I thought that was really good advice. Um, In terms of worst advice, I think anyone who ever told me, like, um, that's the way it's always been done, or you should just keep your head down and just do what they ask you to do. Um, that's always shitty advice. I, I don't get down with that at all. Yeah. <laughs> that's so that's so good. I'm still, like, thinking about, and I was writing down the good advice piece. That is just so good. I love it so much. Here's another Yeah, it's one. very wise. Very wise, So wise. Yeah, so wise. So here's another one. Um, you're trapped on an island, and you can only mm-hmm. bring with you one TV show to binge watch, one person and one book and one food what would you bring okay um tv show 
Um, maybe like Sex in the City. Man, I love that show. Yeah, that would be smart. There's a good library. And that. there's like six or seven seasons. Like yeah, it keep you busy. For sure. Um, person I would want to take my boyfriend, even though he would definitely not want to watch Sex in the City with me. I'm pretty sure. Um, book I would want to take. Trying to think something every over and over again. Maybe Dangerous Angels by Francesca Leah Block. You've read that, right? No, I've never even heard of it. Dangerous Angels? Oh my god. I need you to go on Amazon right now. Okay, I'm going. Buy it. It's going to blow your mind. It's like a modern punk rock fairy tale set in LA. Cool. It's so good. So it's like four or five books within one. And one of the books is called Witch Baby. And when I was like an angsty 13-year-old girl, I was Witch Baby. Like, I identified with this character so strongly. Although now I think I'm more of a Weetsy Bat. And you're definitely more of a Weetsy Bat character. Ooh. But you need to read these books. They will... They're just so beautiful. And they are... I can't even tell you how good they are. Okay, so, it's in my Amazon Dangerous cart, Angels. so that's what <laughs> awesome. happened with that. <laughs> cool. So I would take Dangerous Angels. And as for food, like, I don't know. I'm assuming we're on a tropical island, so I think I just like the pineapple. Keep it simple. Yeah, nice. Can't go wrong. Refreshing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good vitamin C, you know. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> speaking of food, what's the best meal you've eaten recently, like in the last few days or week, I guess? Hmm. Let me think. Um, I mean, I've been cooking a lot, and so I'm kind of amazed by the fact that I can make food. So all the things that I've been making have been great. So like salmon or tilapia or. Um, you know, even like scrambled eggs with turkey bacon and stuff like that is all tasting really good to me right now. Um, my boyfriend was like, because he's very cynical, or not cynical, but like skeptical. He's like a hardcore atheist. And so, you know, I talk about magic all the time and he's always kind of like, okay. And he was like, cooking is like the real magic. Like it's magic that you can put in your mouth. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of true, actually. That should be, like, a name of a restaurant or, like, a chef, like, book or something. Magic you can put in your mouth. <laughs> I know, right? Somebody trademark that. I know, exactly. It's so good. It's so good. So you've lived in New York City for how many years? A bunch. What is your... 2008, so, like, yeah, eight years, I guess. Man. Yeah. So what's your favorite part of living in New York City? I love the energy of the city. Um, it's the only place I've ever been where I felt like the energy of the city matched my energy, and that's like a really awesome thing. Um, I love that people here have a reason to be here. Everyone's working towards something. It keeps me motivated. Cool. And I love the variety of the city. Like you can find anything you want. There's adventures everywhere. But at the same time, like if you you want to stay in your house and be cozy like we're supposed to have a snowstorm tomorrow so um and my best friend is visiting from Portland, Oregon so it's going to be me and her and my boyfriend like hold up in my apartment um you can do that you know you can have like a cozy time you can have somebody deliver or anything you want to your apartment at any hour of the night it's I don't it's, know, man. It's like Disneyland for adults. Such yeah, a great city. so cool. Wellness Wonderland. <laughs> so you've also been working for yourself for a long time. So what are some lessons you've learned and some advice you have for having your own business and, and having a blog specifically? 
Having a blog is challenging now because, um, you know, the business model has shifted so many times. I think um, my first piece of advice for anyone who does business online is that you have to just continue evolving all the time. Um, not rest on your laurels, don't get comfortable. You always have to keep innovating and being creative. Not just um, for your audience, but for yourself. Like once you start to get bored and the passion starts to trickle out of it, people can tell and they will get bored too. So when it comes to creating anything, you know, you, it has to thrill you first and that should always be your primary goal is that it excites you and it inspires you and then the people that want to find it will find it um, and everybody else can go look at something else. Um, so I think it's, um, that's like three pieces of advice. No, that's great. Um, so keep evolving, keep evolving, keep evolving, create for yourself first and um, yeah, just don't get complacent. Um, it's the beginning of the end when you get complacent. Mm, so good. This is so inspiring, so wise. So, speaking of wisdom, what advice would you give your 25-year-old self? Oh, man. 25-year-old self, I had been living in New York for like six months, maybe. Oh, what advice would I give? Um, I don't know if I would give myself any advice. I think like even through the challenges my life has evolved and unwound the way that it was supposed to and you know even though there have been like difficult times and hard, hard moments and stuff like that I think it's all contributed to the greater picture and I'm so happy with my life right now and maybe without those twists and turns like I wouldn't have met these people or had these experiences um, so I think my advice would just be like keep loving have an open heart enjoy your life as much as you can and don't take things too seriously. Mm. So good. I love that. What's your favorite thing to have for breakfast? Turkey bacon, scrambled eggs, and English muffin. <laughs> Not exciting at all, but it's delicious. What's your favorite movie? Or a favorite movie like of right now? Either way. Um, the Adams Family probably is like my all-time favorite. And like Bring It On maybe. This is probably like my top two. Oh, nice. I love Bring It On. <laughs> And those two movies like could not be more different, but I love them both equally. Oh my gosh, no, it's so great. It's such a good group. What's your best Halloween costume that you've either been or seen on someone else? Uh, this year, oh, last year I was a witch cheerleader, so it was like a cheerleader's costume and it said witch across the chest. Cute. Um, it was adorable and I felt so good in it. Did you make um, it? No, I bought it online from this shop called Glitter for Dinner. And they have all these like crazy costumes and stuff. It was really fun. Cool. Um, and when I was 10, I was like a headless horseman where I had like my friend and I um, had these like extra large men. And then we made like a weird like rig thing out of a coat hanger that we had on top of our heads. So like the shirt came up above our heads. And then, yeah, we carried, like, heads with us. It was pretty fun. Oh, my gosh. That sounds really fun. My friend, <laughs> someone that um, that I knew, he was a, um, like, some, like, a vampire or something, like, when he was a little kid. And his mom, like, painted his his face and everything and he had like everything and he looked in the mirror and he was so scared of himself that he peed himself oh. Oh. <laughs> so he couldn't go out so I always think of that on Halloween it's like my favorite story ever 
That's adorable. It's I have really a photo so of myself as Jack the Ripper one Halloween when I was like eight years old. I was really into serial killers. It's really weird. Um, and like I had this doctor's bag on my shoulder and in like coming out of the bag was like a mannequin's hand oh! that I had like, like painted like fake blood around the wrist off and stuff. So intense. What a crazy kid. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. This is like <laughs> kind of not related at all, but reminds yeah. me of like seeing a hand. The other night, I had like fallen asleep in a really weird position, so I like fell asleep on my arm, and then my arm had like fallen asleep, my whole right. hand, and yeah. like the circulation was cut off, and I looked down, I woke up, and I saw this hand, and I was like, oh my god, whose hand is that? And I like touched it and I like I didn't have any feeling in it so I like scared myself with my own hand it was the funniest (laughs) thing and I haven't been able to like tell anyone about it because it like just happened so that's awesome I love that that is the worst thing when you fall asleep on your arm and you have to use your other arm to like move it oh my god and it's like a piece it's like heavy and oh it's so heavy like you wouldn't think your arm is that heavy but it's literally just like a big piece of meat I know it's crazy anyway I love that you scared yourself with your own hands that's oh my adorable God. like who the hell's in my bed like what is going on oh I, like, so cute it was so weird um favorite book or did you already say it is it the one I yeah just i think Dan- dangerous angels i think is my favorite nice favorite yeah. song or favorite song you've been listening to right now oh man um what do i like right now i like um Folgers crystals by j cole i've been listening to that a lot um, the new Justin Bieber album is like so rocking good. my world. It's oh my so God. good. Um, what else am I liking? I saw Straight Outta Compton the other night, but like finally. And so I've been listening to like a lot of like NWA and Ice Cube. I need to see it. I still haven't seen it. Oh my God. It's brilliant. And the casting is so good. Like Tupac looks like Tupac times 100. It's insane. It's like more Tupac than Tupac. <laughs> Yeah, I need to. I really need to watch it. I've I've been wanting to. Well, it's so good. One what of my is... favorite things I've seen in ages. Oh, good. All right, done, done cool. and done. That and my new book. Great. Nice. All of my they're like totally diametrically opposed, but Perf- in a brilliant, perfection. contrasting, wonderful way. And then I'll dance to Justin Bieber to cool down from it all after. Exactly. <laughs> Justin Bieber's like the middle ground. Yeah, exactly. Linking the two together. Yep. So, what is your favorite thing about your life right now? Um, like I think all the potential um, I feel like I've been working towards where I'm at right now for a really long time um, and so I guess there's a feeling of like not completion but like almost fulfillment of a lot of things um, not just with my work but also like with relationships and um, all kinds of stuff so I guess there's like that feeling of almost having reached this peak that I've been working towards for a really long time um, and that feels amazing mm, yeah I bet that's so cool so you mentioned that a while ago you were dating quite a bit and I loved your dating journal so what other advice do you have for people mindfully approaching dating which can be something that can be you know bring up a lot of emotion mm-hmm. um, don't make assumptions about other people Um, And don't think that this new person is going to be like your ex. Mm. It's really tempting to observe some behavior in someone you're interested in and be like, oh, shit, that hit my trigger point. And maybe that means 
like this or they're going to do that in the future. Um, try your best not to do that. Um, I went to Crazy Sexy Miracles with Gabby, Bernstein, and Chris Carr like a week ago. Yeah, I was and... kind of there. I was there online. <laughs> oh, awesome. And one of the things I loved that they said about relationships was to see your spouse with new eyes every day. So try to see them without any preconceived notions, without the story, without the baggage, without any of that stuff, and just see them in a fresh way. And I think if we can do that with, you know, people that we're in a new relationship with, that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, don't drag your old story into the new relationship. Mm, so good. And the other thing is, you know, the world is full of amazing people, and when I, like, you know, read entered the dating pool I met so many amazing guys like really big hearts like sweet and handsome and funny and entertaining like there's literally nothing wrong with these men they're were fantastic you know so the world is full of people like that and I think especially if you're doing a lot of work on yourself too then you'll attract those people really quickly that's so inspiring and good to hear and yeah makes me just feel really good <laughs> it's funny because i was talking to my friend actually my friend from portland who's here with me right now and we were talking about you know tinder and she said how many of her friends had had like terrible experiences on tinder and that just was not my experience at all and I think um, it's all about the attitude you go into it with and, you know, remaining positive and hopeful, but also not having that sense of desperation like you need this relationship. Yeah. Um, That's you know, I was No, and, you know, I was dating, but I was, like, so happy being by myself. I didn't want somebody around all the time. I was like living my own life and loving it and I think firstly that's really attractive to a potential romantic partner and secondly it just is I don't know it's just a better energy to go into it with yeah it's better for you you'll have more fun without the pressure and it gives you a sense of confidence and personal power rather than always looking outside yourself or needing that validation needing that phone call um, if you can like fill up your own cup you don't need someone else to do it for you and so being with someone wonderful is just like icing on the cake rather than like it's the whole cake and yes. if you have an argument that day your life is down the toilet you know exactly what I mean? it's just gravy mm -hmm. so good this has all been fantastic and amazing and I could talk to you for hours I wish I was <laughs> part of your sleepover and we could all oh. just be like hanging out um, I know maybe someday next time I'm in New York hopefully for sure. Um, but as you know, the name of this podcast and the name of my blog is The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer mm -hmm. that term to you, Gala, to live in a wellness wonderland, what comes up? What does that mean to you? It means, like, taking care of yourself every day, whatever that means. You know, it's just about being gentle with yourself and doing the thing that is right for you in that moment. Mm, so good. I love that. So wise. Just like everything else you shared, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. All right, so there you have it, my conversation with Gala Darling. What a cool person. She's so creative and kind and interesting, and I'm so glad to have her in my life. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did and found it inspiring or insightful or fun. Next week on the podcast, I have an amazing special guest, 
Natalie McNeil. And yes, if you're a longtime listener, she has been on the podcast before, but this conversation we had more recently, and it's a great one. So I will see you guys next week for that. And again, by see you, I mean you'll hear me in your headphones. In the meantime, go ahead and join the Facebook group and also sign up for my email list. It's the best way to keep in touch with me and get special content from me. And you also get my Katie's favorite thing, which is this curated guide of all of my favorite foods, favorite places, favorite movies, favorite YouTube videos, favorite books, favorite quotes, all of my favorites in one place in a quick start guide that you will get when you sign up for my email list. So that's a really cool thing to do. And that's really all that I have to say. Of course, check out the book because that would be awesome. If you find value in the show and you think, you know, hey, I listen to this every week. I want to support it because, you know, you find value in it. It makes you feel less alone. You enjoy it. You know, here's how you can do that. A couple ways. Number one, you can write a review on iTunes and you can subscribe. I know it seems silly, but it really does help out the show a ton. It helps me out a ton. Another thing you can do is share it with a friend. And the last thing you can do is donate to the show. If you want to donate some money to keep the production of this show going so I can do it more and I can keep doing it and I can do it more often and I can do it consistently like I've been doing it, it would be so lovely if you wanted to donate to the show. The link of how to do that just, you know, through PayPal or whatever um, will be in the show notes. So, all right, I'm recording this really late at night, so I'm going to go to sleep now. But I hope you guys had an amazing day wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this. And I kind of like just rambling at the end of these episodes because I feel like nobody's really listening right now or maybe just like really dedicated people or people who forgot to turn it off in their iTunes. So anyway, if you're still listening right now, thank you. You're lovely. And for all of those people who turned it off, well, you know what? You're missing out, clearly. All right, I better go to sleep. It's past my bedtime. I will talk to you guys next week.